Warm temperatures, sunshine early on, and we did spring forward time-wise, but on the courts of the gorgeous Indian Wells Tennis Garden, matches were tough and oh so competitive as tie-breaks and three-setters seemed to be the order of the day. Time was of no consequence on a wonderful Sunday. This is the Tennis Paradise podcast at the BNP Paribas Open. Hello and thank you for joining me, Craig Gabriel, and my colleagues, Jill Krabus and Nick McCarvel, with this ninth episode of the official tournament podcast. And we're going to wrap up many of the highlighted matches on day five of main draw action and then look ahead to play that will see the likes of Rafa Nadal, Daniil Medvedev, Vika Azarenka, and Paula Badosa back on court as they lay claim to places in the last 16. I take this opportunity now to welcome in Jill, and there was some terrific tennis played between Andy Murray and Alexander Bublik. It was their third meeting, Jill. Yeah, it was an unbelievable match, too. I mean, I, when I saw the schedule, that was the one that I was going to be really looking forward to watching. They've played each other a few times, but Bublik finally got the better of Murray. This is the first time he's beaten him. And, you know, he was asked after the match, you know, what he thought, and because the crowd was really behind Murray at the end, he kind of just jokingly said, oh, I kind of wish some of them were for me. It was actually really, really well done because he was laughing about it. But he played so well. I think I do think at the end, Murray was um, suffering physically a little bit. I mean, the points were so long. It just looked like he got a little bit tired. And Bublik from that point, I thought played really smart. He kept throwing in the drop shot, keeping Murray on the run. And I just thought he was really aware of the circumstances and just finished strong. Yeah, seven six six three. It could have been a different story if that first set tiebreak had gone Murray's way. So you know, it was as you say, it was glorious stuff. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. I think that if Murray had won that first set, I think it could have been totally different because he would have had more of the momentum. But the fact that he couldn't come away with that and Bublik, he serves so well. It's tough to get the break of serve on his serve. He's got such a huge serve. So he really capitalized on the momentum that he gained from winning that first set. And Craig, I know you asked him if losses are as tough for Murray to cope with now compared to before all the physical issues he has faced that almost saw him retire. You know, I feel like I definitely had enough in me to to win that to win that match. And I think had I got that first set or taken some of my opportunities um, at the very beginning of that match, you know, it pans out a bit differently. And that's the thing that's frustrating for me. Um, you know, kind of like when we played in Rotterdam, like won a tight first set. You know, match match flipped quickly um, after that in, in my favour and. Yeah, I'm just frustrated, uh, frustrated with that. But I was happy with my attitude and the matches that I played here. Um, I thought that was positive. Um, you know, I, I tried to do the right things at times, just was not executing them well. And that's what where you know, and I've said I, I really need to also spend some time on the practice court to change those things. Obviously, winning matches and you know. Competing is, is important, but there's a few things that you know have been uh, an issue for for a period of time, and I, I need a bit of um, bit of time on the mat, uh, on the practice court to, to try and change that. And Craig, just some other matches that really caught my eye throughout the grounds. Simona Halep coming through against Coco Goff. Her birthday, it was Goff's 18th birthday. And Simona Halep, it got really windy later at the stages when that match went to the court. And Halep just managed it so well. She moved so well around the court. And just definitely more of the consistent player 
are out there today. I think also Fritz to me on the men's side, the American looking very, very good. He came through in straight sets, 6-1, 6-1. Radu Kanu, who was the first matchup on Stadium 1, she played a really tough three-set match against Petra Martic. I actually thought she was going to come through that because she was looking really strong. We've been talking about how much she needs these matches to gain that confidence, and I thought she was going to come through, but Martic has such a good game, good serve. These courts are great for Martic. They bounce so high with the kick serve. That score, of course, was 6-7, 6-4, So that just shows you how close that match was. Also, Madison Keys coming through against her compatriot, Allison Risk. Madison's been talking about how much she's been more open and honest about her game and about where she is mentally. And that has proved so strong for her. And also Sviantek, she came through a tough match against Clara Tonson, and she was asked what turned the match after losing the first set and finishing so strongly, 5-7-6-2-6-1. I knew that I'm playing good, and I think my level was, was high in the first set. Uh, I wasn't sure what to change, actually, um, because usually I know what the solutions are, but today, I, yeah, I felt like I'm doing a good job, and some balls, for sure I was missing, but it's because of the conditions here, so I kind of had to forgive that. Um, and uh, I mean, forgive myself for, for making those mistakes, but I think uh, my coach gave me a pretty good coaching, so shout out to him, because um, yeah, it was like a really good tip that helped me, I'm not gonna tell it to you. You know what, Joe? I was also asking her. Um, she doesn't seem to panic when she loses a set these days, and 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 I wanted to know if that had to do with maturity or experience of being on the tour for quite a while now. Both, I would say for sure. Um, and there are many other reasons. I mean, I realized realized last year that. Um, Tennis is pretty unpredictable and anything can happen because on some tournaments I really felt great and I was losing, you know, third round. But on some tournaments, like in Rome, I first two rounds were pretty... I mean, I wasn't feeling comfortable on court and then I won the tournament. So, um, like, looking at a wide perspective, tennis is pretty unpredictable. But also on that match, over these two hours, like, a lot can change. So um, I try to remember that. And also a great match that I love to watch was Matteo Berrettini against the qualifier Holga Rune, who's just 18 years old. He's such a good athlete, this definitely someone to watch. They had never played each other before, and so I was really interested to see how he was gonna do. That went three sets as well. We had so much fantastic play out there, but Berrettini used his powerful serve at the end of that match to get through that, and this is what the Italian had to say. Yeah, I expected like a um, tough match uh, for so many reasons because I didn't really play a lot after Australia because I, I got injured because he's for sure one of the rising players that, that we have on tour and, and he played three matches so I expected a tough one. Um, you never know when you're coming back from an injury how you're going to feel and um, my strokes were okay, my, my serve was good, I, I think I my energy was going up and down a little bit, but I expected it. So I managed everything pretty pretty well, I would say. And he was—he's a tricky player. He moves really well. He's—he has good strokes, good serve, and yeah, tough one. Now, I'm not sure if I want to do this, but I believe you want to talk doubles. And one match in particular, which 
in my view, didn't really happen. Well, it did, Craig. I, I hate to tell you. And of course, I know exactly what you're talking about. The Isner Sock Kokonakis Kyrgios doubles match that everyone's been talking about. They're all good friends. So it was great to see all the camaraderie out there between the four. And of course, I'm sorry, Craig, but the Americans did get through. Um, and Isner Sock played really great tennis. It was straight sets in the end. We th I thought it was going to go to a super tie break, but um, Isner Sock, I think Sock's one of the best doubles players in the world for sure. And they've played together before Isner and Sock and it was just a fantastic match. The stadium was completely packed. There wasn't a seat open in the house and just an unbelievable atmosphere. Yeah, my boys, the special case, the Nasi and Nick going out. But they'd still have the Australian Open title under their belt. Yeah, can't take that away from them yet. And I think we're going to see a lot more from them. So you're going to have a lot of talking to do with the special case, yes. And now it's time to bring in my other colleague, Nick McCarvel, to look at Monday's matches and another stunning lineup of encounters. But before going into looking at Monday's order of play, I want to know what your highlight was from Sunday, because you really were like a bit of a bumblebee going between courts <laughs> and highlighting action for Bank of the West Radio. I was buzzing around <laughs> the uh, tennis garden. <laughs> Thanks for that. No, it was honestly, it was a thrilling day. I think at least over 20 tie breaks, you know, several, many, three set matches I you were just talking about the Isner sock doubles I, I was courtside for a lot of that Craig um, you know I, I got to see some of Murray and Bublik which had some great action and Andy Murray really pushing himself to try to win one of those sets it didn't work out but Bublik I think is one to watch as well and I, I just love you know the thing I love about this weekend I've said it I think a couple times now on the podcast I, I just can't say it enough I love the side courts you know this main stadium you and I are sitting atop stadium one right now we get it all tournament long but I was just Grigor Dimitrov Jordan Thompson courtside and you just feel the action and you can feel the fans living it with the players that's I think what we why we have fallen in love with the sport and I think we're going to get some of that on, on Monday too yeah sounds absolutely good okay so now look at Monday's play with the five courts that will be in use Oh my gosh, well it is again a feast of riches, a, an embarrassment of sorts. And you know, Daniil Medvedev and Gail Monfils kicking it off on Stadium 1 is the first match. I mean, that sets the tone. That's to be followed, Craig, by Rafael Nadal against Dan Evans. That's not an easy matchup for Rafa. You know, the slice, the way that Evans changes up the pace of the ball. You also wonder physically how Rafa recovers. You know, Acapulco, that was a big win for him, that title. And then to come here, he's undefeated 16-0. We know that he came back from that 2-5 deficit against Sebastian Corda. How is he going to pull up on the singles court a couple days later? We're going to see how the body's feeling. Vika Azarenka and Elena uh, Rabakina, I think that's going to be a thrilling one. That's just the day session in Stadium 1. Jensen Brooksby, the American, taking on Stefano Sisipas inside Stadium 1 for the evening session. Brooksby's got this unorthodox style from the ground that is, you know, Jill Krabus talks about how great his hands are. Sisipas was in a lot of danger against Jack Sock. I think Brooksby's going to give him a great challenge. And then the night's going to end with Layla Fernandez and Shelby Rogers, who both had standout U.S. Opens themselves. I mean, that's just Stadium 1, Craig. I'm wondering maybe a couple of your standout matches beyond the big house tomorrow, or today rather. <laughs> Unbelievable. Maria Sakari playing Petra Kvitova. Carlos Alcaraz against Roberto Bautista Agut in an all Spanish encounter. And then later on, you've got last year's final on the men's side happening at this early stage. Cam Norrie against Nicolas Bazalashvili 
Nick Kyrgios against Casper Ruud. The list just keeps going. Well, there's no love lost between uh, Ruud and, and Kyrgios. We know that. Bedosa, also you mentioned Cam Nori, the reigning men's champ. Bedosa is the reigning women's champ. She's got a countrywoman in Sarah Srimas Tormo. That's in Stadium 2. What about Opelka and Shapovalov? I'm looking forward to that one. You shout out Alcaraz Bautista Gut. That's first on Stadium 3. I love that. Yannick Sinner, we're going to see if he can continue his good run of form. And then just overall, there's so much good doubles happening. I know the American fans are going to be packing the house for Coco Goff and Katie McNally. They're the last match on Stadium 4. And otherwise, th there's just so much good tennis. You know, I think Monday, maybe Tuesday, Craig, are the last days where it, fe it feels really, really buzzy. And then we start to get into the business end of the tournament. So uh, should we call it Manic Monday? Is that the moniker we can give it? I think that sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, I love, obviously, you know, when we get to the championship rounds, but again, the middle, the middle part of the meaty part of the tournament is what I love. And um, I plan to be uh, buzzing again. Actually, I saw a hummingbird on site today. So I'll hum around. Today I buzzed around. Tomorrow I'll hum around. How's that? Sounds good. Nick, thanks very much. All of us hope you're having a great time here at the Indian Wells Tennis Garden. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Paradise podcast. On behalf of Nick and Jill, till the next day, this is Craig Gabriel.